Let's take a few deep it breaths. Was, Joel, <laughs> it wasn't like that last time. We just sat down and started recording and now we're <sighs> doing handstands outside. You just had a coffee and you'd just, be buzzing. Where is my coffee? I haven't even had it yet, mate. Dude, have a sip. It's cold. Dude, let's go. All good? I'm ready. All right. So, thanks for being here, Rod. Uh, this is 30 Under 30, uh, where I, Joel Thomas, the host, uh, interview 30 entrepreneurs before I turn 30. Nice, man. I so, love the challenge. Thanks, let's man. It. So, yeah, I'm going to turn 30 in February next year. And um, yeah, that's a challenge that I put a bit of positive pressure on myself to say, look, there's an end date to when I do turn 30. So I've reached out to 30 entrepreneurs. Your name was pretty well close to the top of the list, mate, because uh, I do go to your gym. And that's why I've got you in here today to talk about how you started the gym. That is the Movement Collective. Um, I feel like a lot of people in Newcastle have heard of the Movement Collective or know a little bit about it and have shown a little bit of interest, but today is your opportunity, I guess, to tell people more about what the Movement Collective is, how you got started, and your entrepreneurial journey to uh, to how it all came to fruition. So, cool. Let's, let's go, go, man. So, basically, uh, let's just talk about a little bit about your life before you started the Movement Collective. Yeah. So, how did it start, man? What was the... How did you start the Movement Collective? So, it started from an idea that I had when I was traveling overseas. So, I was in Canada. In Canada. And, yeah. So, I was training the movement kind of style that I'm doing currently. So, handstands and acrobatics and gymnastics rings and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And, yeah, I just decided that I really wanted to teach it. Okay. Originally, I had planned to open up a cafe or a brewery. Yeah, that's right. What, that's the industry that I was working in, the brewing industry. What brewery were you working for? It was called Steamworks. Steamworks. Yeah. There was, I think I've seen that around here before. No, Has it made it to Australia? I don't think so, no. Okay, I think I've they were it. starting to like export, yeah. but I don't know if it would have made it here. Okay. It was like a small brewery, like a little microbrewery in Gastown. And cool. I also helped them set up like a production facility over in Burnaby as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was really cool. And yeah, so while I was doing that, I was also training and I was training in, yeah, kind of similar way to them to what I'm doing now. So like all the handstands, all that kind of stuff. So you were just training yourself at the time? I was. And then I was doing like a few workshops and I had a couple of mentors as well. Like okay. once I come up with the idea that I wanted to teach people, I knew that I needed to learn how to teach people. Yeah, so I kind of sure. found a couple of mentors, people that were coaches, CrossFit gym owners and things like that, that could kind of guide me in the direction of helping people, uh, helping people kind of starting out to the level that I was at. Cause I felt like I'd been on a journey for like two years mm. and I knew how to kind of teach people that journey, but like, how do I help someone that's just starting out that has no idea what they're doing? Yeah. So I really, you know, went after these guys and said, you know, how do I help these people and build their bodies up to get to a level that's like intermediate to advanced. So were these people, did they have their own gym as well? When you approached them? They did, yeah. One of them had a facility and the other guy was just doing like kind of one-to-one training. Yeah, cool. So, you're over in Canada working at a brewery, wanted to start a cafe, which is pretty cool, man. I actually always wanted to start a cafe myself. I've always been, um, I've been in the hospitality industry before I was teaching and then in marketing. And when I was doing that, I was like, oh, I really want to open a bar one day or a cafe. Yeah, and- it was going to be a bar too. I was really oh, keen really? on that because the brewery, yeah, it was going to be like a cafe through the day and then a, oh, perfect. Like a bar at night. Perfect. I always wanted to open like a Japanese style sort of bar. Nice. Me and my mate Daniel had this idea to call it... Um, Izakaya is like a Japanese bar sort of term. So, we wanted to start a bar in Newcastle called Izakaya and maybe it'll happen one day. Maybe that's the project after this one. After 30 under 30. (laughs) 2022. So, you're in Canada. You said you were working at the brewery, wanted to start a cafe, had all these people, mentors to help to be able to train people in movement. 
Um, what was the next step? What happened after that? The next step was me learning as much as I could about business and mm-hmm. also how to teach. So I was working at the brewery, but I was like doing my uh, PT course. Okay. So while I was working, I was like on my laptop, like trying to finish that course before I came back to Australia. Yeah. I set up, you know, the business name and all that kind of stuff. So you set up the business name in Canada. Yeah. The movement collective. I did all of it. Like oh, I wow. wanted to come back and just like hit the ground running. Yeah. I did all of it and I was already. Without knowing it, I was kind of already marketing myself for the last year on social media, showing people my journey, you know, doing tutorials and things like that. On YouTube and that? Not YouTube. It was just kind of early stages of like Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And it kind of piqued the interest of a lot of people back here, like a lot of my friends and family back home. So, as soon as I came back, like in 2015. 2015, right. Yeah, I already had a heap of people keen. Actually, before I landed back in Australia, I had sold like packages yeah so i had pt packages i think it was just like and this was all up in the air i hadn't yeah. trained anyone before i hadn't started the gym it was wow. just so crazy and i put it out there and said hey i'm going to be doing like uh one-to-one sessions and it's going to be this much can't remember how much it was and i had two people purchase those before i even landed back in australia so i was like this wow. is actually gonna so work so you came back and you already had business happening people booking in to get your personal training yeah that's amazing. And man. I feel like the social media just really helped. <laughs> That's crazy. So that would be a suggestion for someone that looking to start something up. It's like you know, start to put it out there. Just put it out there. Even Show your passion. Even now. if it's not fully like, you know, doesn't exist fully as, as, a, as a package or whatever it is, just put yourself out there and give it a shot and yeah. see what happens. Because it's always going to evolve. Wow. And if you look at TMC over the years, you know, oh. we started renting the facility off someone else and then we got our own facility. Now we're in this bigger space and there's a cafe and all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. So it's, it always starts really small. Yeah, cool. So, when you came back from Canada, these people that you were training, were you just doing that out of your house at the time? In Canada? No, when you came back, you said you had the people lined up to train. Yeah, so I was renting a facility. Oh, you were just renting a space Yeah, there was like two gyms working out of one facility and I basically just paid them like a weekly rent. I think it was $250. Yep. And then I started my classes. Wow. I did a couple of workshops in the early stages and we had about 20 people come and I was just blown. Like, I think it was $20 per workshop, so super cheap, but heaps of people were were just really keen on it. Yeah. And then that kind of verified my idea and I was like, all right, where do we go from here? Yeah, right. And I just started adding classes on, doing more PTs, more workshops, and it just built. Yeah. So, the first place you had, a little bit smaller than what you've got now. Is that correct? I wasn't around at the Movement yes. Collective before you started where you well, are now. Well, the facility was about 220 square meters. That was our first one that we had by ourselves. Okay. And now this one is like 750 square meters. Yeah, the new one's huge, Bit man. of an upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. When um when we came along last time and Johannes had one of his workshops there, the first thing he said when he walked in, he was like, man, this is like your own little mansion in Newcastle. And he loved it because like, there's so many places in Sydney and that where it's hard to get a big building that size, especially mm-hmm. if you're trying to start a gym. He was like, this is awesome that you guys can do this. And we're a little bit further outside of Newcastle. Yeah. We did look at a few places further in town and they were really expensive okay. for rent. So, we, we kind of went Waratah and it, it seems to be pretty central. When we did move, we were wondering like, you know, are our members going to drop off because it's too far away? But mm. the feedback was amazing. Everyone yep. was just like, well, this is just actually really central to where I live. Yeah. I live in Merriweather and it's only a 10, 15 minute drive for me to go there, which isn't too far at all. Yeah. And um, I tend to go to the afternoon sessions at 5.30 and it's just great time. You know, I get to finish work. I've got something to look forward to in the afternoon. Sometimes it's hard to come like motivational. I'm a bit tired in the afternoon, but I really do love those 5.30 classes, man. It's 
It's fantastic. And you get to take a sauna after I got to take a sauna well. out. So the sauna is living the dream. The, the new addition to the gym in the last 12 months or so, I'd say you got the saunas put in. Yep. The infrared saunas. Uh, they're pretty amazing as well. But um, I, I find it interesting, man. Like before, I used to go to just a regular gym. Some uh, I can't remember the name at Charlestown, one of the ones there. And it was actually my cousin Jack that uh, came to Newcastle one day and he just said, oh, you know, why don't you... Um, we're just talking about gyms and stuff. And then he led on to saying that he was at a gym called Praxis in Canberra, which was a movement gym. And um, he just said, oh, there's a, guy in, there's a guy in Newcastle called Rod. I'm serious. He was just like, there's a guy in Newcastle called Rod that does this. He goes, you should just go and chat to him and give him a call. And I remember I called your gym and um, I waited a few days for a call back. <laughs> I just left a message on your voicemail and said, hey, my name's Joel. Um, I, I'm interested in coming into That's the movement so collective. When was that? Oh, man. Like, you're at the new place. Like two- yeah, the new you place. You made two years ago? Yeah, two, three years ago. I might have been on holidays in Bali or something. You might, you might have been. But I was like, I called Jack back. I'm like, oh, they don't want me, man. It's, I haven't got a call back. But eventually, I think Jenny called me back or someone. And then it was like, yeah, come in for your trial and all that. And it was, I was hooked, man. Like, seriously. The, the first session that I went in, I was like blown away by the space that you guys had and how it wasn't your typical gym scenario. There weren't like mirrors everywhere with people looking at themselves, checking themselves out on the dumbbells and trying to get big and big and bigger you know like as you said a normal gym yeah i love the people there man the community there is just amazing everyone that you meet there is really nice and um it's you've you've built this community man and it's it must feel great to know that you've done this on your own back yeah it blows my mind sometimes i go in there and i just take a moment i just kind of look around and there's a class running <laughs> yeah. taught by someone else like one of the other teachers you got which- someone doing zooms at the back of the room yep you John got, was in there the other day. And you got it's just people doing saunas upstairs. You've got other businesses now renting your space. So you have like built this little mini empire. Oh it's, man, it's fantastic. Yeah. So what else have you got in there at the Movement Collective? So we've got the cafe. So Richard cafe. Mays just opened that up. The coffee benders. We've got physios and osteos. We've got MIC. We've got Katie. Uh, we've got massage therapists. What's the MIC? Uh, the Movement Improvement Movement Clinic. Improvement Clinic. Yep. That's Damo and all his business and yep. stuff. Yeah, cool. We're running PTs. We've got Michael in there running PTs and all of our teachers, the kids program as well, which is just absolutely going off. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's good, man. Like I come in the afternoon, like I said, after work and I do see all the kids running around having a good time. And then you see the parents come for their session with their kids as well. And it's just, it's awesome, man. We've also got the open gym as well. And that was when I first started up the Movement Collective. That was one thing that I saw at this gym over in Canada that I really enjoyed. Yeah. It was this vibe where people would come in the afternoon. It was before or after one of the classes mm. and people would just be there just having fun, just yeah. playing with movements, doing acrobatics and all this stuff. And everyone was just there ready to share, ready to learn and ready okay. to kind of just go for it. And yeah. I see that now at TMC and I'm like, how do we create this same culture? I feel like you've, you're getting there, man. You've done it. Yeah. Like we go there now and even after a 5.30 session, I'll come down from the sauna and there'll be people flying from the ceiling. What's it called when they got the ropes from the... From oh, the, yeah, the aerials. They're doing yeah, aerial stuff, man. Addition. You've got professional jugglers that come in and use your space and do the juggling. That's really cool. You've incorporated juggling into like the rest section in, in, in the classes. There's a bit of juggling here and there and it's cool, man. There's, you know, the basketball hoop. It's just, it's it's an awesome space. Thank you. I really love it, man. It's It's really fun to be part of and... Like I said, the community you've just built for the Movement Collective didn't exist beforehand. So, yeah, it's really cool. And I really owe it to all the people as well. Yeah. The the members and, you know, they create the space. Yeah. We've got the facility. We put on the classes, the programming, but it's like the people inside the building, you know, Mm. that creates the magic. And what's interesting too, man, is that 
people have stuck around. Like the people that I was training with when I first started are still there today. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason, man. There's a reason. They feel that, like they feel like, you know, they feel good coming to the gym and, and they've got that, like I said, go back to the sense of the community that you've built. So it's really cool. Um, yeah, man. So I know obviously starting a business and all that is a lot of fun times, also a lot of tough times um, in terms of you've been through probably the hardest time just with COVID, all these lockdowns that have been happening um, how did you guys adjust your um, business plan or business model for when COVID hit and we allowed to go into lockdown? Oh yeah, that was yeah that was pretty challenging time, mm. and I'm so lucky that I had Jenny there yeah. to support me and yeah. and all the team as well. We so the first lockdown last year that was yeah we didn't know what to do. We're like you know mm. some chatting with other gym owners, some people doing Zoom, some people doing recorded classes, outdoor sessions, things like that. This lockdown was very different, way more restrictions. We couldn't do outdoor sessions. We decided to go on Zoom and we did that. But the same as the last one. It's like people get on there and and they're excited about it for the first few weeks. And then it's so hard to motivate people to get on Zoom, especially if these people are at a computer. And this is not what I want for them either. You know, Mm. for them to be on a computer all day at work and then to sit on a computer to do a movement class. Yeah. So a lot of people were just going out and doing walks and kind of doing their own thing, which we encourage. You know, we want people to get outside and not look at a screen, but we just yeah. pr- tried to provide as much support as possible. So yeah. we tried to do some like PT sessions, catch up calls, Zoom sessions, anything we could to so you to could make still sure one on ones throughout lockdown. Yep, at yep. a certain time outside, outside only. Yeah. Because you had that outdoor gym set up too. And I'd yeah, that was a new addition on this that lockdown. Fun, that was cool. So we had the bar set up and we had um, all the equipment there? You've put left out. It there, haven't you, outside? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all the bars are there and then all the equipment just gets brought out. If someone books an open gym, so people book through the Movement Collective app. Yep. And if they book, all the equipment's out there for them. They come and do their hour. And I feel like that was a really good addition that we didn't have last time. So they're able to come and load their body up with some weight because yep. there was the barbells and all that kind of stuff. Because it's... As you know, it's very hard if you miss out on four, five, six, seven weeks of, of gym and then you come back to it and your body's just not used to it again. Yeah, so you the know, programming like- that we had for the classes, so we've just started up. I think it's a, this is the fourth week now back from the from the from like the big lockdown. Yep. And we've made sure that we didn't go too hard too quick. Yeah. Because that was a fear of mine that people would come back and try to lift the same weight that they were lifting before and that's just kind of like an injury waiting to happen. Mm. So we made sure that we programmed higher reps uh, lower complexity and just kind of just building a really solid base for everyone yeah. for them to build on. And then the next program, probably starting next week, we'll start to add some more complexity, more weight, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And you touched on just then briefly that you had an app that you've got developed for people to book in. Um, I find that app amazing, man, that you guys have done that. Did you guys get a developer to help you with that or how did the idea no, come that's to get through- an app? Wellness Living. Oh, Wellness Living. So, that was just like a client management system and they just like, it was just an add-on to have that. Okay, cool. It just works, man. It's easy. You jump in, you choose a time to get your, to get the um, whatever session you want to go to and you book in. You guys can see how many people are coming to the gym. Yeah. Um, Yeah, when the classes get too busy, what we're doing before the last lockdown, if we have over 17 people, we would would look at at that and then have a second teacher come on board. Yeah. Yeah, it can be a lot. If there's like 25, 30 people in a class um, and it's okay. But we just want to make sure that everyone's getting the attention that they that they deserve when they're coming into the class. Yeah. And besides, obviously, COVID being a tough time for you guys, um, what is there any other hard times that you've been through that you've had to overcome um, with being a business owner itself 
not so much a business owner from a gym, but just from a business perspective, what have you found challenging um, being in that position yourself? I'd say the biggest thing was the DA. Okay, the DA. That was huge. Yeah, that was a... And it's still not over. Like, we're still going through a couple of things. There's one more thing that we need to submit. But there was... Yeah, there was just a lot that was involved in that. Yeah. And finding the help and the support from the professionals to get all of it done, all of the fire safety stuff and and the construction certificate and all those things, that really took a really long time and cost a lot of money. So, is that like all the stuff that you guys have done yourself within the gym? Like you've got the upstairs you've built within the building and and all that. So, that's with all the DA sort of stuff, is it? Yeah. So, anyone looking to like set up a facility, the first facility actually was awesome because it already had uh, indoor recreation DA. So, we could basically move in and just start using it. Okay. But this one, we had to do like a change of use. So, yeah, there right. was so much involved in doing that. And then we built the offices and everything. So, there was just, yeah. there was oh, just it's always to evolving, consider. Man. So. It's always evolving. Yeah. Even after lockdown, I came in and there was that new desk outside for MIC mm-hmm. and, and all that. So, I feel like that's going to be the way. Yeah. It's going to always keep changing and evolving as we do as well. And, and you got the new cafe in there. You've got that little open outdoor spacey sort of thing that's behind the cafe, which is really cool. Thinking some ice baths at some point. Oh, outside, mate, please get some ice baths. Yeah, you'd you, love that. I would absolutely love that, man. You need a you need a freezer. You need a chest freezer. Yeah. Upstairs next to the saunas. I saw one the other day. It was made by like a float center company. Oh, yeah, they, I've seen those. They make floats, but it's also the ice baths as well. Yeah. So, maybe it's one of them. We'll absolutely. See. Imagine doing a sauna and then straight into the ice bath afterwards, especially oh, after a back and, back and, back and yeah. forth, mate. I'd do it. Um, no, no, I definitely reckon that you should do that. I would absolutely love it. I'd be there all the time. I'd get another membership just to use the ice bath. Oh, sweet. <laughs> all right, we've already got one <laughs> you got sold. One, you got one person signed up. Um, cool, man. So, basically, um, is there any advice that you'd have for people besides the DA thing of people who wanted to sort of start their own entrepreneurial journey in the gym industry? Yeah. The biggest thing is like ask yourself why you're doing it. Why are you doing yeah. it? Yeah. And then ask yourself when you get an answer there, ask mm. yourself why again and again and again and again and just sort of see. So, be very clear on why you're doing this. Yeah, exactly. So, for me, it was just that I just wanted to help people. Okay. I saw that how awesome this movement practice was yep. for my body, for my mental health, for just my life in general. My lifestyle completely changed when I embodied this movement practice yeah, right. and I just wanted to show other people that. So, that was my main driver for starting the business mm-hmm. that I just wanted to, to serve and just to help people to show them that, that they are capable and yeah, they can do all this crazy stuff as well. Mm. Things that they, they look at online and they think that it's impossible. This happens all the time. Yeah, It's always like, I can't do that. And it's like, all right, cool. Like yeah. in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, cool. I, can't wait till you can do it. And then yeah. like within a few weeks, sometimes they can do the skill. Yeah. So, it's really nice to be able to to share that knowledge and, and to see people kind of grow in that area. Okay, cool. Awesome, man. Um, and it's it's also great too because um, I've had injuries before. I've dislocated my shoulder and come back and I had to have quite a lot of time off the gym, which really sucked at the time because it was the point where I was getting muscle ups. I was doing all that sort of the first time and I was so excited and then I had this accident and I dislocated my shoulder and I had to have that at least eight to 10 months off before I was ready to come back and get back into it. But then you had sort of like little rehab programs that I was doing to help build the muscle up. And, you know, I did book in with the MIC people and, and Damo to do some exercises there as well. And I think I'm getting to a point now where my shoulder's 
getting stronger again and like I was at the gym yesterday and I could get muscle ups again man so it's such yeah, a good you're crushing it it's such a good thank you man it's such a good feeling when when that strength comes back especially like I couldn't pick up shopping bags when I dislocated my shoulder man like it was really bad um, and actually chipped the head of my humerus. So there's still a chip in my bone, which makes it painful with certain movements at the gym. Mm-hmm. But um, those rehab sessions that I was doing definitely helped. Yeah, I want to honor you for doing the rehab. Because oh, a lot of people <laughs> thanks, get injured man. and then they just Sit assume they're broken forever. Yeah. And I discussed this on a podcast the other day. Yeah, you've still got so much capability. If you injure your shoulder, you've, you've got your legs and you've got your other arms and you've got everything else other than that. I so. guess it is hard to be motivated when you're in a lot of pain as well, mm-hmm. though. But um, no, I just had to get in there, man, and give it a shot. Like, I think it was making me more depressed not going to the gym. Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. I'm sitting at home feeling sorry for myself. I'm like, no, screw this. I'm just going to go and do little things. Even if I just go and did some band work here and there for my arm, it. it always felt much better. I know eventually I could go back and pick up those groceries and do the grocery shopping again. So Exactly. Yeah, you're <laughs> telling your body that it's strong and capable. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you do the opposite, you're, you're just... You're just telling it that it's weak and yeah. it's, that can't be a good thing. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. So, um, yeah, man. Just Is there anything else you'd like to say today? We've just touched on what you've done, your journey, Canada, moving to Australia. What I think is really interesting for the listeners, just going back to the start of the conversation, was how you said you had clients lined up before you came back to Australia. So, there are people out there that might be in a position where they're in a full-time job or they want to try and start something new. Um, and if they were to leave their job, they would have nothing to fall back on. And that's a very scary place mm-hmm. to be because if you're earning a salary or an income and it's comfortable, you might have a family you have to look after, but you've got this drive, this passion to really go out there and start something. And then that salary stops coming in. It's got to be tough, man. And you're like, that's when you start the journey. But because you had those people already lined up, that must have felt good. It did feel good. It must have yeah. felt good, man. But I think I just had this like trust in myself. That, so, you had a lot of belief in yourself yeah, as well. Yeah, I feel like that was it. It's like it, was, it wasn't ever going to fail. Do you feel like if you envision something enough and you believe yourself, like Luke and I talked about this in episode when I interviewed Luke in the previous episode, that if you believe in something so much and that you tell yourself you're going to be the best in the world at it, opportunities are going to come in front of you. Yeah, you've got to really believe it though. You've got to believe it. you've got to embody it. So, it's one thing to say it, but do you really believe it? Do you embody it? And it was like that. That was the energy that I had that I was living this lifestyle. I know how powerful it is. (laughs) And it's like, there was just, it was just a no-brainer for me to go into that. But what I would suggest for people that you were explaining before that really have this passion or this idea that they want to make reality, Mm. it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I think a lot of people think in the, it has to be this or that. Yeah. Like there's a million options that you could actually do. You could go and work some for someone else and just like kind of play around with that idea. Yes. Or you could, you know, just dabble in it a little bit to see if the idea works, like the minimum viable product, produce that first, see if that works. And then you take the next step. It doesn't and also have to be you quit everything yeah, and yeah, do yeah, this. Of course. It's like, <laughs> that's a huge risk. It's a huge risk, man. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't suggest so that. Dabble in little things here and there. and for sure. See if you actually enjoy yeah. doing what you want to do. Very similar for me when I was starting the digital marketing journey, when I did some contract work for Danny. I ended up working at Black Line for... 10 months or so with Danny. Love so, Danny. Love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to get him on here one day. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I said as well in the first episode where I did some some um, subcontract work at, at the marketing agency for Danny and that helped me learn and that really solidified the fact that, you know, I 
it, it told me that this was what I wanted to be doing and it really made me understand that yes I am happy doing this mm-hmm. and I really enjoy doing it and that's what gave me the confidence to go out and do my own thing as well yeah so, for sure you just yeah just get a little taste of it get a taste of it get a taste of it see if it's something that you are interested in doing because if you're thinking about dropping your whole career mm. to start something else yeah that is a huge risk it's and do risk. you even like it like ask that question and yeah. ask the question but then also put yourself in the situation where you're doing the thing that you're dreaming of doing absolutely and does that match up with yeah. the dream that you had yeah <laughs> yeah because i think that's very important and um, it's cool to see, man, like just the life that you live. So, you do own the gym, you train your classes, uh, your wife, Jenny now, uh, works at the gym with you as well. So, your little baby that you've started is now, it's it's your whole family. Do you know what I mean? It's part of your family. Mm-hmm. Jenny works there, you work there. You guys are having a child soon, which is super exciting. Yeah. Sure, little baby Rod's going to be running around in the gym or Miss or whoever it is, who knows. Um and yeah, man, it's it's really cool to see. And just, I was going to say, just the lifestyle that you've got as well with being your own boss. Like, man, you have times when you go for a surf, you'll message me throughout the day and say, can you come fly the drone today and <laughs> film me surfing? I'm like, I'm at work, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it definitely has its perks for sure. Because absolutely. Because we create man. our own schedule. Yeah. And yeah, but there's a lot of work that's done behind the behind scenes this. as well. And I'm assuming, like I see online, man, you're always working at home at the computer and yeah. setting up new programs. And that's one thing I love about the Movement Collective, man. The programs change all the time. Yeah. And you're not doing the repeated thing the same week after week after week. Even in the one program, it might start off a bit easier, but get progressively harder over yeah. the four weeks. And then you'll focus on new skills in the next month. Definitely. Yeah, it's so important to change the stimulus for people. If they're starting out at a certain point, it's not a good idea to do the same thing for the next four to six weeks. Mm. You want to progressively overload. So changing the variables, changing the weight, changing the time under tension, things like that. So they progressively get stronger and more mobile throughout that program. And yeah, we found that four weeks tends to work really well. We trialed six. Programs? Yeah, we trialed okay. six and people are getting to week five and they're like, oh, I'm sick of this program or whatever. <laughs> okay. So, four weeks has been good. Yeah. And then we sometimes have that deload week yep. where people get to have a rest and play with skills. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we do the testing as well, like yep. the progressions. Yeah. And then there's another four weeks, but it's not you know, wildly different to what this four weeks was. We're still working on similar elements, you know, like the bent arm, pushing, Mm. pulling, the handstands, mobility, strength, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And um, if there's anyone out there listening that hasn't started movement before, or this is the first time sort of hearing about this sort of, um, I would say it's still new and upcoming. It's not mainstream yet. You know, there's people might have heard of Ido Portal and all that sort of stuff. But anyone who uh, wanted to potentially join a movement class, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, so we've got we've changed the structure, actually, because I know that it can be quite daunting for people seeing the, some of the stuff that we put online. You come in and people are just doing muscle ups doing and backflips like, I can't and all do this that. stuff. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's the feedback that we get from the majority of the population saying, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. And like I said before, I just love showing them that they can. Yes. So, that's one thing that I love. Absolutely. But actually, for them to walk into the door or to book a class is really hard for them. Mm. So, we've got a bunch of workshops that we put on. We've got one this weekend, actually, a free workshop. Okay. But the way that we've changed the structure is instead of them signing up and then jumping straight into classes, because if you think about the programming, it could be week four. Mm. So, every single one of the members could be working through all those progressions for four weeks. So, they've had that much time to work on it. And this person jumps in on week four, not knowing any of it. So, you can imagine what they're feeling. Mm. 
a little bit lost, you know, yeah. feeling like they're, they're not strong enough or they don't understand. So, what we're doing now is taking them through an hour PT. Okay. Where we take them through all of the progressions and show them what level they're at and also how to progress to the next level. Yeah, So, that's cool. something that we developed in this last lockdown that was really well, helpful and we're really proud of it. So, everyone kind of gets this understanding and they mm. get to embody a little bit of what we what we teach in the classes. So, they're not stepping into it as a newbie. They already understand that they're capable of doing all these progressions and they really know what to do as well. So, it's kind more, of- More of the fundamentals. 100%. Yeah. It's not necessarily we're building anything in that class. Like, we're not building mobility or anything like that. It's just so they get an understanding and then mm. they can practice. Cool. And that's when they come into classes and just put it on repeat, you know, do the reps over the coming weeks and months and and I'll see the progress. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, man. All right, man, we're going to finish this up. I really appreciate you being here today and I hope that the listeners have a little bit of more understanding about what the movement style of gym sort of is Um, and also just, um, yeah, any key takeaways that you've got from Rod's story about living overseas, working for a brewery, wanting to start a cafe, ending up building a movement collective gym, (laughs) you know, like... It's cool, man. It's really fascinating. And I think a lot of the listeners will um, will find it fascinating as well and hopefully inspire them if they're on the fence about starting their own business. And I think one of the big key takeaways from today is uh, give it a try. Give something a little bit a try. And if you've got an interest in there, just uh, don't go all in from yep. the start. Dabble in it a little bit. See if you enjoy it. See if it's for you. And if it is, that's when you can go all in. Yeah, see if it works and see if you love it. And then, yeah, that's some evidence that maybe it's a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, Appreciate bro. it. Oh, Love your work, man. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, bro. Thanks, man.